morning, church. If you'll stand with us this morning. How are y'all doing today? Are you surviving the heat? No, <laughs> barely. We'll pray for some rain and some cool weather, right? <laughs> well, it's great to have you all here this morning. Um, let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning and just invite him to have his way. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning and we just confess to you that this is all for you this morning. God, we, we come here to, to honor you and to worship you and to hear back from you as you speak into our lives. And so God, I ask that you would just speak to us this morning. God, that you would accept our worship and be pleased and that you would touch us as we come into your presence. Change us, God. Help us to not be the same when we, when we leave this place today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. darkest part, lifting the weight and erasing the scars that had a hold on me. Here I am bearing all, tearing down every wall, so amazed at your grace and the way you're still holding me.
faith arise In spite of what I see, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief, I choose to trust you Let faith arise For my champion's not dead He is alive And he already knows my every need And surely he will come and rescue me God, miracles come we need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God of You're the God 
your prayer this morning. God, we lay our lives down before you. My whole life, God. Wholeheartedly. Just lift your hands this morning to him. Church, he is worthy. He is trustworthy. You can trust him. Lay my whole life. 
It's gotta start right here. 
Well, good morning. Welcome to The Crossing. We're glad you're with us here today. We're beginning a new series called Start. It's called Start. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 6. We're going to look at the life, if you see here on the graphic, of Noah. And not just so much of his life dealing with how he um, built the ark and the concept of the flood itself, but really just some of the challenges that he faced in his life. If you're visiting with us today, we want to say thank you for coming. We're glad that you're with us here today. Our heart here at the crossing is to know Jesus and to make him known. We look at the word of God, we see the great commandment, the great commission. We feel like that's God's mission for us and we want to live that out today. If you have your um, phones, if you don't have your Bible, you can go to the YouVersion app. You click on that, go to the events tab and you'll see the notes that are with you for you here today. So in looking at this thought, we're talking about stars. Now, we just finished a series talking about seasons of grace and how we're in those, the times when you're in those moments of life where you feel like you're just stuck in between and how we can look at the principles that God gives us to walk through that. But the truth is, after you leave that season, it's time for a new season. It's time for a start. And when you look at life in itself, life is full of starts, is it not? Sometimes false starts, sometimes delayed starts, sometimes jump starts. But all of these culminate in our lives. And sometimes, even though we all often begin with the best intentions, there are moments in our lives where they end up poorly. Because we don't plan for some of the pitfalls and some of the challenges that the enemy is going to put in our path. And yet we find ourselves not reaching the desired goal or destination that we want to reach. Now think of this in your life and how maybe this applies. Maybe there's been a time in your life where you started something or you went after something but you did not complete it. One of the most common things we see is college, right? We have the idea, the desire of college, and we, we go after that, and we want that, and sometimes we achieve. It, we do it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we achieve it in the desired time, at the desired pace, at the desired outcome. Sometimes we don't. I often joke with my wife, Mandy. Mandy's super smart, and she graduated top of her class, summa cum laude. And I tell people, I graduated, thank the Lord, you know? Anybody can relate to that? She was on the four-year plan. I was on the 10-year plan, right? Anybody know that plan too? You know, like it got done. I'm glad it got done, but it wasn't necessarily in the time frame that I had hoped or wanted it to happen. Because that's just life in itself. Life is full of starts. But what we have to realize is there are often challenges that keep us from attending and keep us from achieving the goals that we desire in our lives. So in this series, we're going to look at some of the pitfalls that the enemy uses to cause us to get off track, to cause us to derail. And we're going to look at some of the principles that God gives us through the life of Noah to help us to better understand how we can start something and not just start it but complete it and see it to the full completion in our lives. Whether it even be physical, spiritual, mental, whatever it may be, relational, all of these principles will, principles will apply because you can see how they correlate to our life. So let's take a look at the life of Noah. Now, let me just read Genesis 6. If you have your Bibles, look at Genesis 6, verse 9. It says this. It says, that this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. What a statement, right? Can you imagine if that was the statement for your life? He was a righteous, the only 
blameless man on the earth at that time. Well, what was going on in that time? Well, if you look at the passage and you study in Scripture, you understand that in Noah's day, the character of humanity was very sinful. There were two primary areas of sin that was operating within their environment. It was this, lust, sexual immorality, lust, and violence. Does that sound familiar? Sexual immorality and violence. These were two of the major character issues going on in the culture of the society in that daytime. Now, not much has changed, has it? If you look at our generation today, we can definitely see the sexual immorality. We can also see the violence that is in There's anger and all the, the outbursts that are taking place. But yet this isn't something we should be surprised about, is it? Because it's not something that just happened in Noah's day. It's not something just happening in our day. It's something that is really transcendent history in as of itself. As a matter of fact, when you look at Romans chapter 1, you can see Paul literally addressing the immorality going on in, not even within the church, but within society as itself and how as believers we should address and we should live by according to God's word. You look at Matthew chapter 24, 37 through 39, and you can see Jesus warning us that in the last days it will be like the days of Noah. Let that sink in. So we can see just from that statement from Jesus to where we are today, there is no question that we are living in the last days. But knowing that, how do we live our lives? How should we, as a follower of Christ, how should we let that impact us and how we start and how we move forward? So when you look at this story, you see that God decides to destroy the earth. He says, you know what? Sin is so rampant, it's so bad that we're just going to destroy everything. We're not even going to, we're going to start over. But he sees this man Noah and he says he was righteous, he was blameless. So we're going to start with him and I'm going to commission him to go build a boat. And I'm going to flood the earth and when I flood the earth I'm going to destroy everything. But he's going to basically save mankind as well as the animals. So he has this mandate, this mission from God to complete. And yet here's what we often miss that mentality in of itself was absolutely crazy to society. Because up until that point, they had not seen rain. The earth was watered from below. So rain wasn't something they were accustomed to. So you could only imagine Noah building a boat. And they're like, what's this for? It's going to rain. What is rain? What are you even talking about? The man in their eyes had lost his ever-loving mind. But yet Noah, what? He was righteous. He was blameless. So he obeyed God. If you look at Genesis 6-9, look what it says. It says, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. So we can see that Noah followed God's commands even though everyone else said it was crazy. Even though in himself he must have thought it was crazy. He obeyed everything. He did everything exactly as God commanded him to do. Now let me ask you this. Can you imagine the pitfalls that must have fallen in this vision for him? The opposition he must have faced in his life. The questions he must have had even for himself, like, man, I hope I heard God on this one. This is a little crazy, isn't it? But let me ask you this question. What do you think people were saying to him and his family? What do people say to us when we have ideas and dreams that maybe they think are a little far-fetched? You see, the reality is you have pitfalls. You have opposition. 
just as Noah did. But you know what? He overcame. So how did he do it? How did he overcome some of the pitfalls? Well, we're going to look at the principles that Noah had to utilize to overcome these pitfalls. And what I've done is i put them into an acronym to help you learn through, call. we're going to call it START. So each week we're going to go through and we're going to look at this, how we can help better remember how he dealt with the pitfalls and how he was able to accomplish all that God had for him. So the S today, the first one is this, you have to see yourself as God sees you. Think about that. You have to see yourself as God sees you. Now, this is much harder for some than it is others. Because the truth is, we want to think that it's great. We want to think of ourselves in a good way. But the, the reality is sometimes life, it, you know what, we begin to beat ourselves up. We think bad of ourselves and we get caught up into just the mundane things of life. And we miss out on some of the ways and the, the vision that God has for our lives exactly. I mean, look at Noah. Noah, it said, was what? Righteous, the only righteous, the only blameless man on the earth. I can abet you just by knowing simple principle, Noah did not think of himself that way. You know why? Because in order to be the most righteous and blameless person on earth, Noah had to have humility. He couldn't have been prideful because pride, what, comes before a fall. So we can see that he obviously did not think of himself that way. Another scripture we know that did because Jesus said if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to be what? The servant of all. You have to be the lowest of low. So we can know that for him to be, even to be considered the great, righteous man, blameless person, there had to be an element of humility. With that humility, you know he had to be thinking like, whoa, God, you have this much faith in me that you want me to help save the world? Are you crazy? Like, what's going on? Like, what am I supposed to do? But Noah understood that God saw him differently. God saw him as his creation. God saw him specifically. And so many times in our lives, we belittle ourselves. We down ourselves. We think that we're not good enough. But I want you to grasp today how God sees you. Look at Psalms 139, 13 through 18. It reads, it says, you made all of the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Some of us more complex than others, amen. Um, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumbered the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Isn't that amazing? That's how God sees you. He sees you as special. Now let me ask you this. How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself through this lens? Do you view yourself as special? As God's creation? Because I want you to understand today that God sees you as his special workmanship. He sees you as his special creation. He sees you as a unique 
individual, created for purpose. But here's what you have to grasp. If you don't value yourself the way that God does, you will never achieve all that he has in store for your life. Did you catch that? If you don't value yourself the way God sees you, then you're going to miss out on some of the greatness he has for you. Can you imagine if if Noah said, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think so. If you look at the life of Moses, what did Moses actually say? No, 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 no. I can't even speak. I can't do that, God, not me. But yet God still chose Moses. Why? Because he saw him differently. God saw Noah differently. God sees you differently. Different than you often see yourself. And one of the most damaging lies that the enemy has is to make you think you're not good enough. And I want you to understand that that is a lie. It is a pitfall. You are special. You have value. You have purpose. And it's a huge pitfall because it causes us to have delayed starts. We'll often be like, well, I, I, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that, so I'm not going to do that. You know, surely God wouldn't use me for that. We can't wrap our mind around the fact that God sees us as a special and unique individual with a plan that is mapped out for every single one of us. Did you realize that? Because not only are you a special workmanship, but God sees you as a valuable part of his plan. You have purpose. One of the greatest advantages of coming to know Christ is to recognize that you're in this bigger picture. That you're not just trying to walk through the mundane areas of life, but there's something more to life. You begin to realize there's purpose behind what you do. That you make an impact on individuals. Because you are following the plan that God has for you. When you look at Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, we see where Jeremiah didn't think of himself as much, but when God was commissioning him to be a prophet to the nations, he reminded him of Psalms 139. Take a look. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet, as my prophet to the nations. Jeremiah didn't think he was a prophet. He didn't think much of himself at all. But at the very beginning, what did God do? He wanted to remind him that he was special. He was a special workmanship. And he wanted to remind him that he was a part of a purpose and a plan. That God had a design for his life. Too many times we think we're not good enough. Too many times we think that we are unqualified. We think, well, I'm too old or I'm too young. You know what? We think that you know, my past disqualifies me because I'm not good enough because I've done things that God just can't forgive. But the reality is that's not how God operates because you are his creation. Yes, he requires us to ask forgiveness. Yes, he requires us to come close to him. And we'll talk more about that as we walk through this series. But you have to understand at the very heart of it, the very core of it, the very beginning of it, he sees you as special. With purpose and meaning. You see, God's design for you is one that is good. Did you catch that? He wants good for your life. He wants you to prosper. It doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges. There is challenges, but it does give us hope that things, the outcome in itself will be great. 
and realizing that you're a part of a bigger plan gives purpose and meaning. It helps you better understand your life and allows you to see how strategic God is. You see, sometimes you don't realize that some of the challenges that you've gone through, some of the the struggles you've gone through have been there in your life to make you stronger. Not only have they made you stronger, but they've given you experience. Not only have they given you experience, they've given you a testimony to see how God's brought you through what you've gone through. Because here's what you may not understand. There are many people in this world, and they're all going through similar situations as you. And there's nothing more powerful than the power of empathy when it comes to emotion. Because to simply say, I feel sorry for you, is being sympathy. But to simply say, I've been where you are, I know your pain, that changes things because people realize that's the power of empathy. They realize, wait a second, this person knows my pain. And so when you walk through this, you can sometimes see the strategic moves of God, the hand of God, that what you didn't understand, that why you went through it, you then see on the backside how it has purpose and it has meaning because that's how God operates. Now, when you look at Noah, he was a righteous man. God created him and used him. He may not have thought he was that much, but because he was willing to see himself as God saw him, even when the world was full of immorality, even when moral failure was all around, he still saw himself the way God created him. So what could you do, what could God do through you if you saw yourself the way he sees you? What could God do through you if you were willing to say, hey, you know what, Lord, I am special. I do have purpose. I do have a plan. Because when you see yourself as God does, you open yourself up to the vision he has for you and the wisdom he can impart to you. Let me say that again. I want you to grasp this today. When you see yourself as God does, you open yourself up to the vision he has for you and the wisdom he can impart to you. Do you realize that? Jeremiah 29, 11. It says what? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans to, for good, not a disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I don't know about you, but I like good and not disasters. Anybody else in here? Like I'd prefer the good. I don't really care for the disaster part. But that's God's plan for you. This was in correlation to the children. So here God is using Jeremiah. He, he's used him. He's now a prophet. And he's actually speaking hope into the, the people of the children of Israel because he's, they're going into a season of captivity in Babylon. Remember last week we talked about in that series, we talked about how they were coming out of Babylon. That was 70 years difference. But he was still bringing hope and reminding them that God's plan for them was good. And just as he has great plans for them, he has great plans for you. He desires that for you. And he gives us wisdom. His word gives us wisdom. Wisdom like Psalms 90, 12. That says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so we may grow in wisdom. Or Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 that says, where there is no vision, people perish. But he who keeps the law happy is he. Or how about this one, Proverbs 14, 8. It says, the wisdom of the wise keeps life on track. But the foolishness of fools lands them in a ditch. You see, the word of God is full of wisdom. The book of Proverbs is known as a book of wisdom for you. And when you begin to 
see yourself as God sees you, you open yourself up to the vision that he has for your life. The plans that he has for your life. And you know what else you do? You open yourself up to the word of God, the wisdom that he wants to impart into you. Not through just life experience, but as well as his word that teaches you. When you study vision and you study books and leadership and all those different principles... They always talk about setting the vision, setting the goal. Where do you want to be? Know where you want to be. And when you can see where you want to be, then you can accomplish your goal. But here's what I want to submit to you today. The most powerful vision you can ever create is when you can see yourself as the desired goal. The most powerful vision you can ever create is when you see yourself as the actual desired goal. Now, this isn't... My thought, this is just a leadership principle that is widely taught on even in today. Many of the leading books on vision and, and creation and goals are all on this. You know, before it was set the goal, now it's like define yourself as the goal. And it's interesting that they say this. It's interesting that they, they, they put it into this light. Because what they're saying is, don't simply say that I'm going to read 20 books. Instead say, I'm a reader who will read 20 books. Do you catch that? It's all like a Jedi mind trick. You know, if you, if you begin to define yourself as that, then you will become that. Isn't that interesting? It is a very popular leadership, visionary thought in the, in the world today. Anything you're reading, they're going to talk about this. Set the goal, be the divide, make yourself, like vision yourself as the desired goal. You know what I find so interesting about that? That's God's word. Because if you see yourself as he sees you, the vision for you is more than you can ever handle. The great, greatness for you is more than you can comprehend. Because he sees you as special and unique, a workmanship. He sees you as a part of his divine plan. He has great things. I know the plans. Hope and future for your life. So if you want to look where you want to be, start seeing yourself as God sees you. Whatever goal you have, in order to start and be successful and overcome the pitfalls, you've got to start by seeing yourself as God sees you. We look at Noah, God saw Noah as righteous, as blameless, even if Noah didn't see that himself, that's how God saw him. And you know what? God sees potential and greatness in your life, even if you can't see it. The challenge is today is to begin to see yourself in that light. Begin to see yourself as a child of God. There's a thought, isn't it? You're his creation. You're not used up. You're not second best. You're not damaged goods. You're special. You have purpose. You have meaning. Now, we take that wisdom God has and we start to plan our life out. God, begin to ask yourself today, what do you have for my life? What do you want me to accomplish? What is your desired goal? What do you want? 
It starts by seeing yourself as he sees you. Now, that doesn't mean God's going to ask you to go build an ark, right? Probably not. But he is going to ask you to be a part of his plan. And the Bible tells us where to look ahead. It tells us where to plan, where to make plans. And we just read, the wise, they make plans. The fools, they don't, and they fall in the ditch. But the truth is, when we don't move forward, we find ourselves in this just consistent, perpetual hamster wheel of life, feeling like we never get caught up. These last two series, the one last one and this one, are series that God's really been using to speak into my heart, into my life. As we shared with you, you know, in the seasons of grace, at the moments where you feel like, God, where are you? And, and we share with you even how, you know, we've, this building, we're in the process of selling the building. We've sold it literally, I don't know how many times we've had this thing to the point of getting sold. And this last time, all the way up to even the very end, and we're thinking, this is it. And then, boom, it falls through, and we hear that. And we're, we're in this constant waiting game. And you know what? It will be sold. It will all happen in God's plan. We know that, you know, there's still, we've had several people even this week, and, and everything on the building, those of you that are wondering, on the, I'm sorry, the land, everything's still in motion. But it just, like I said a couple weeks ago, it's just that season of grace going, man, Lord, where are you? We're stuck in between. But yet we're not, are we? Because we're a part of his plan. He's walking with us. He has a purpose. And as I was processing through that, I shared with even the staff this week and the board as well that our heart, we found ourselves really in the last seven years in this process just kind of waiting. Well, we'll wait on that. We'll fix that. You know, the building's going to sell. We're not going to mess with that. And I just really felt that the Lord said, you know what, I'm going to take care of all that. But that's not your answer. Amen? He said, I'm your answer. It's time you start. It's time you see yourself as I see you. You see the plans that I have for you. And so even as a church, this is something that I feel that is, is for now for us. That we continue to say, you know what, Lord, your, your plan. But you know what, your vision for our life is not contingent upon a cell. Amen. Your 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 literally your vision for us is not is not teetering on what's going to happen. We're going to move forward and we're going to wait and see all the great things, but we're going to continue. We're going to start and starting starts with seeing yourself as God sees us. And God sees us as a vision for our church to plant churches all across this world. We've already seen it happen. We've planted several churches, one in Dallas. Um, we've been a part of the True Light Church and the Indian Fellowship that's meeting over there in Frisco right now. Movement Church in Salina. We've seen so many different churches. We've been a part of planting and seeing God do some great things. You know what? We're grateful for that. But this is not the end. It's only the beginning. And it's time we start. It's time we see ourselves as God sees us. And it's time that you as an individual do the same. So ask yourself today, ask God to help you see what he sees in you. Can you do that? I want you to close your eyes and reflect on that today. Ask yourself, God, help me see as you see me. Help me see what you see in me.
Just let that think about that for a moment. Father, we focus on you today. Lord, there are so many pitfalls the enemy tries to put in our pathway to make us think we're not good enough, to make us think that we don't measure up. But Lord, you don't see us in that light. You see us as your special workmanship. You see us as a part of your plan. And Lord, I pray today that you would crush the lies of the enemies of those who believe today that they are second rate, second best and that you would infuse hope into their hearts, hope into their lives and remind them that you got this. All they have to do is see themselves as you see them and put their trust in you. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, we don't want to close this service without giving you that opportunity. And you're saying, hey, I, I need Christ in my heart. I need Christ in my life. Or maybe you've accepted him at one point in your life and you've walked away. You've walked away and you're not living a life that honors him. Today, he's asking you to rededicate your heart to him. And he's speaking to your heart saying, hey, come back to me. With no one looking around, I don't want to embarrass anybody. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. I want to pray with you right where you're sitting here today. But if that's you today and you're saying, hey, I need Christ in my heart. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you, I want you just to make eye contact with me right now. I want to pray with you right where you're sitting. Anybody else? Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you, God. We're going to pray this morning. And if that's you today and you made that response, we want to pray with you right where you are. I'm going to ask that we as the entire body, that we all pray together to not single anyone out, but we're going to pray a prayer of confession. Romans chapter 10 tells us if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that we are saved. So the confession is literally, it's just a prayer of confession, asking God to forgive us. But the belief is when you begin to take steps to live your life out for Him. Let's join together today. If you would join me right now, and if you made that decision today, then I ask that as we pray, that you would make this your personal prayer. But let's all join together, if you would, with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me and rose again for me. And now today, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Bible says, All of heaven's rejoicing. Would you rejoice with me? Here's what I want you to do. If you made that decision today, there's a spot on the connect card here in just a moment. Would you let us know that you made that decision? We're putting in place. We want to help you. We have people that are designed right now to help you walk through that journey together. We, we know that it, life's a journey, not a sprint. 
and we want to reach out to you and walk with you. We recognize it's not easy, but we want to help you. Or if you're here today um, and you're saying, hey, I, I want to get connected. I want to get drawn in and into a relationship with God and really start my relationship with Him. There's a place on there as well. Just let us know that, hey, I'm, I'm ready to dive in into discipleship. I want to grow in Christ. We want to reach out to you and walk with you in that process because it is a process, but we believe that it's essential to allowing this to be important and integrated into your life where you can come to know Him and make Him known. Amen. God bless you. Good morning. If everybody will do me a favor and take out your phone with me real quick. All right, I see everybody pulling their phones out. All right, so go ahead and scan this Connect card and I wanna show you a new feature that we have on this Connect card. Um, Pastor Zach touched on it just a little bit, but I want to walk you through um, what we're doing. So a few months ago, we had a series called Come to the Table and we were talking about um, how do, how do we become a disciple? What does that mean? What does that look like? And so um, over the past couple of months behind the scenes, uh, a plan has been, uh, been being formulated and, and put it into place. And so we are ready to um, kind of put this out there for you guys now. So if you will uh, scan this card and it's gonna take you to the connect card. And then there, if you'll scroll down, there are, are a series of things that you can see. Um, you can choose for, for if you want like baptism or more information about connect groups, um, volunteering, but there is an, also an additional box we just added where you can um, mark say, come to the table. So what this means is come to the table discipleship. Um, this is not going to be like a formal class setting. This is going to be a time where um, we're all on a journey. We say that a lot here at uh, The Crossing, don't we, Journey? Um, and so we know we're all at different spots in our relationship with Christ. And so what this is here is, so some of us, we may be brand new believers and start off, you know, from day one, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? But some of us, we may have been in church for a while, um, but we just wanna grow in our relationship with God. Um, there is going to be basically what we're gonna call a spiritual coach or a spiritual mentor um, for every single person that signs up for this. And so basically just a person to walk you through um, whatever step you are in your journey with, with Christ. I know this past year at work, I had a coach and in the beginning I was kind of like, Okay, you know, and at the end of the year, I was saw how powerful it was because she didn't try to tell me what I needed to do. It was basically me processing through with her um, what I felt I needed to grow in. And that's what it'll look like. You having someone to walk the journey of life with and someone to, to uh, be instrumental in both of you growing together. So it's not gonna be like somebody telling you what to do. It's gonna be very powerful. So if you are interested in this, we want you to sign up to, on that, come to the table. You'll fill out, um, you'll be sent a survey, kind of a form to fill out and um, someone will be in contact with you and then get you paired up with what we call a spiritual coach or a spiritual mentor. So that is what that's gonna look like um, here coming up in the next little bit. And we're very excited. There's not like a start date. Oh, 
you're going to be my spiritual coach for two weeks and then see you later. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be someone just to walk life with you. So uh, definitely want to get everybody involved in that if you're interested. And uh, we'll, we'll give you more details as, as you sign up and with someone. All right. So if you are a first time guest on that note, um, visiting with us today, we do wanna say we're so excited to have you here. You can use that same connect card to sign up um, if you're with us online or here in person. And uh, we would love to connect with you also um, that way as well. So, all right, well, let's pray this morning. We're gonna thank God uh, for his blessings in our lives as we take time this week or over the next two weeks to give back to the Lord or this month, however you choose to do it. Um, but we do feel like generosity is our norm here at The Crossing. Um, there are multiple, multiple ways to give through the Church Center app and text any amount 84321. That, those are probably the two easiest ways. Um, you can go straight to the website. You can give here in person today if you choose, um, or there is the P.O. Box for those who may be um, in other states and places. So, all right, well, let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you for the ability to be able to give back to you. It is such a gift to be able to give back to you. I thank you, Lord, for the promises that you've given us, um, that when we do give, uh, we can see those promises unfold in our lives. And that's just the coolest thing. And Jesus, I pray that you'll uh, just speak to each each of our hearts on how we can be even more generous. If it's by taking that first step of giving something or by tithing, whatever it is, God, I pray that you'll speak to us and that we will obey in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, just a couple of other things uh, to make you aware of. Um, from the Staying Connected email. If you are not receiving that, let us know so that we can get you on that email. Um, but coming up August 6th, um, we're going to have a men's breakfast and uh, there'll be more details coming out about that. But we're excited about that. I believe that is on a Saturday. So they're gonna have a great time. I guess the ladies aren't involved in that one. That's okay. Um, all right, and then coming up on August 7th, it is that time of year when our kiddos um, change classes. So if they're going from preschool, I know, right? From preschool to kindergarten, they'll graduate into kids' church. Um, if we have fifth graders, they'll graduate into youth. And so that will be our promotion Sunday and just a day of celebrating these kids getting so grown up on us. Um, and then last but not least, August 13th, this is for all of your kiddos, but not only just for our kiddos here, but we want you to invite people to this. August 13th, there is going to be um, a bounce of a day of bounce fun, I guess is what we'll call it. August 13th, so it's gonna be indoors. We're not gonna make your kids stay outside on bounce houses. It will be inside of the building. Um, there will be, Pastor Mary Jo is gonna oversee this, but we want you to invite friends. I mean, what people don't wanna get their kids some that's out of this heat. And uh, so invite them that day to come August 13th. Um, it will be a, a fun, fun day. It will be free. Uh, there will be, you can bring your own lunch if you would like. And then there will be concession stand that they get, you can purchase um, that's gonna go to support BGMC. So what a fun day. If you are available to help at all, I know Pastor Mary Jo would love any help that she could get also. 
All right. Well, that is all I have today. I hope you guys have an incredible week this week. And uh, we will see you back on Sunday. Have a good one.